Vice Spring, good morning. Is everyone doing good today? All right. Well, my name is Jesse, and I serve as one of the pastors here, one of the lead pastors. And today, I'm going to jump right into it. Today is Vision Sunday. Everyone say Vision Sunday. All right. Vision, vision, vision. And if you're visiting with us today, whether that's in person or online, it's going to be a little bit different this morning from a traditional Sunday morning here at LifeSpring. Nonetheless, we're glad that you've joined us today, but we'd also love for you to come back and visit us and uh, become a part of what the Lord is doing here at LifeSpring. However, I also feel that the Lord has things in store for you today and for each and every one of us. Before we get into the message, let's open in a word of prayer together. Lord, I... Thank you for each and every person in here today, God. Those who are tuned in online as well, Father, who has decided to come and spend time, Lord, with you. Lord, I ask today that this wouldn't just be about a box that we check, this spiritual box and we move on, God, but that it would really be about relationship, Lord. That it would really be about us spending time with you and with your family. We thank you that we get an opportunity to open up our hearts and our ears to receive what you have for us today. Give us ears to hear and open our hearts today to hear what you're speaking to us. And everyone says, Amen. So I want to open this morning by exploring this idea of the church. And uh, I'll be sharing a little bit, and then Pastor Dan will be sharing a little bit. You're probably wondering why I was sitting there, and now he's sitting there. He's coaching me from behind, and I am praying for him from behind, taking some notes. (laughs) But we'll be sharing together this morning. I'll be opening here. And what is church? What comes to mind when you hear the word church? Well, First, we must remember that the church is not our idea, but God's. Jesus was clear about it. His church would be built on the faith commitment that he was the Messiah and the Son of the living God. In the passage of Scripture we're about to look at, Jesus gives his first and fullest statement about the church. His church, God's church. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still authors, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But... Jesus takes a pause here because Jesus is not concerned about public opinion. He is concerned about personal conviction. So he asked the question a second time. He said to them, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter steps up, answered and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And here we see that Peter's personal conviction led to his public confession. In response to Peter's confession, Jesus said, And I tell you 
that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now for context here, Peter is from Petrus, a Greek word for a small stone or a tiny boulder. But the word rock is from the Greek word Petra, referring to a strata of rock or a huge mountain. So if you have spent any time here in the beautiful state of Washington and you've done some hiking, we have lots of huge mountains or hills, however you want to refer to them. And a rock you can pick up at the base of one of those mountains would be referred to as Petrus. And the mountain, in a sense, would be Petra. And so what Jesus said to Peter was this, You are Peter, a little stone, but upon this Petra, the mountain, I will build my church. And that foundation, according to Paul, in 1 Corinthians 10.4, was Christ. See, Jesus is not only the base of the church. He is the builder of the church. He's not only the church's foundation, but also the church's founder and framer. He says, I will build my church. I will build my church. Now, Jesus did not say that I will build your church. Neither did he say you will build my church. He said, I will build my church. See, we've got to understand that we are not building the church for Jesus. Yes, we do play an integral part, but Jesus is building the church for us. He is the one that brings the harvest. Jesus is the builder. We are the bricks and the agent that holds us together as the family of God is his love. Lastly, on this note, if you want to talk about a confidence booster here, listen to these words from the rest of verse 18. It says, And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Another familiar version says, Shall not prevail against it. See, gates are not for offense. They are for defense. The gates of Hades are not attacking the church. The church is to be attacking the gates of Hades. It is the job of the church, day in and day out, to be storming the gates of Hades, knowing that victory is ours. The gates of death cannot prevail against the life of God the Son. The gates of darkness cannot prevail against the light of God the Spirit. The gates of despair cannot prevail against the love of God, the Father. We are a four-square church, and as a four-square church, we believe in the Holy Spirit and the charismatic nature of the church, which underscores not only a dependence on the power of the Holy Spirit for life and sustenance, but an ongoing expectation of a Spirit-empowered community where love and mutual caring, where forgiveness, healing, reconciliation, restoration, deliverance, social witness, breaking down of racial, economic, and social barriers are anticipated as the norm and not only the miraculous. As the norm. So, what is church? Well, it's a mix of people with different personalities, different backgrounds, different ideas sometimes, who might never hang out together except for one thing that we have in common. We love Jesus. 
And in one way or another, we have been transformed and are being transformed by His amazing love, mercy, and the Holy Spirit. It is us. It is you and I. And it's going to take all of us to accomplish the mission that's ahead. The Christian life is more than just commitment to Christ. It includes a commitment to other Christians too. You become a Christian by committing yourself to Christ. But you become a part of the church by committing yourself to the church and to other members of the church. This is a community. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, 24 and 25 tells us basically what we should all be and be doing as church members. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So, every member matters. Each and every one of you. Each and every one of you. Every member matters. And it's going to take each and every one of us playing our part and being a minister. What I mean by that is that you met some people today. So my name is Jesse. This is Pastor Dan. And we lead here as pastors. But we also have a host of people who lead on the worship team, on the leadership team, and different areas. But it's not only their responsibility or our responsibility to be witnesses of Christ. Each and every member. I'll get into this a little bit later. It says, go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. So every member does matter. And it's going to take each and every one of us playing our part and being a minister to accomplish what the Lord has in store for us as we continue to move forward. And at this time, I'd like to turn it over to Pastor Dan, who will be sharing on another aspect of the church, which will serve as a tool for us to accomplish all we're trying to accomplish this year. Well, thank you, sir. I, I appreciate you very much. i got to be honest. Here, here's the deal. I've been here for like 13 years, and the people that know me know that I have short hair and definitely no facial hair. But then this guy from Belize comes in, and he's got this beautiful long hair and a beard. You see I'm trying, but I just don't know if I could ever get to your epic status. So this might be coming off this week. Can I get an amen? My wife will appreciate that very much. Oh, man. So good. And also, Jesse... You keep on saying, my name is Jesse, and that's Pastor Dan. you got to figure that one out. Either we're Pastor Jesse and Pastor Dan, or we're Jesse and Dan, but we're not doing the I'm Jesse and I'm Pastor Dan. That's, that's just not going to work. So figure that out, and we'll do whatever you decide. All right, so talking about vision and Vision Sunday, we're going to talk about a building. Isn't that exciting? Let's talk about a building. Well, do you remember the Apostle Paul? He's walking through Athens. This is Acts chapter 17. Remember that part? He's walking through Athens. And this is what the scriptures tell us. It says that Paul was greatly distressed. Remember that? And why was he greatly distressed? He's greatly distressed. He's walking through the city. He's looking around and he sees all of these Idols, right? He says, man, this city is full of idols. That makes sense, doesn't it? Right? Where are we again? What's, what's the city called? Athens. And, and what culture is that? 
Greek. And so what are you going to have? You're going to have a bunch of gods and goddesses and temples. And so he's walking around here and, and, he, and he even tells the people in Athens, he goes, I see in every way you are very religious. Right? And that's true. I mean, just in every, I mean, I'm walking and now I see like everywhere around me, I see in every way you are very religious. And yet does that impress Paul like at all? Like, not at all. In fact, he says in verse 24, he goes, hey, guys, listen up. Check it out. The God who actually made the world and the God who made everything in it, see, he's the Lord. He's the Lord of heaven and he's the Lord of earth. And listen to this. He does not live in temples built by what? Built by human hands. So that's a pretty impressive statement, right? Again, you're walking through Athens, gods and goddesses and temples, and he says, hey, listen up. And live spring, I'd say that to you today, too. Hey, listen up. Our God, the God who made heaven and earth, God, he doesn't live in temples built by human hands. And we get that, don't we? I mean, as Christians, that resonates within us. We, we know where does God live, right? Where is God? Right here. I mean, we are the temple of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, He walks with us. He abides with us. He communes with us. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit this morning? I say this often. There is no Christian life outside of the Spirit-filled life. There just isn't. It can't happen. Even if you tried, it's still not possible because what happened when you said yes to Jesus? The Holy Spirit took residence inside of you. Hallelujah. We're new. We're made new. You aren't new just because you like thought differently. You're not just new because you decided to do more good things than bad things. No, you're new because the Spirit of God has come into you. You're righteous, not because of your own works, but because of the Lord. What He has done, what the Spirit of God is doing in you. I once was dead, but how am I alive? Not by positive thinking. I'm alive by the very Spirit of God. Hallelujah. The temple. Think about it. We know this in Scripture. There's this imagery as New Testament believers. It's individually, right? But it's also corporately. It's individually. We know Paul says, he goes, you... Your body is a temple of the Spirit. But then he goes to a place that I didn't understand when I was younger, but now that I'm older, I just love this. He says, but you, but also all y'all are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't believe me? 1 Corinthians 3, look at this. 16, it says, don't you know that you yourselves, all y'all are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells where? It's in our midst. 17, he says, for, this is a warning, by the way. Some of you might need to hear this warning today. This is not from me. It's from the Lord. He says, if anyone destroys God's temple, watch out. God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred. Everybody say sacred. Gives you goosebumps when you said it, didn't it? Because some of us thought this was something li- a little bit less than sacred. But all y'all are sacred. Why? Because he says, you together are that temple. We live in a world that's very religious, very spiritual. I, I watched a great PBS documentary the other day called Sacred, and it was just beautiful to see all the ways that people are trying to find those sacred places, those sacred spaces. And yet, church, listen very carefully. If you want to go to a sacred space, which don't you just feel it as a human being, you were meant for the sacred. But if you want to go to a sacred space, if you want to go where heaven meets earth, if you want to go to a place where God abides with his people, walks to his people, talks to his people, is living with his people, well, guess what? Whether you like it or not, you're looking at it. Because it's here, but it's also here. 
Hallelujah. So guess what that means? We don't need a building. We don't need a building to meet with God. Because we, just the way people attack the church, I'm like, oh, you don't even know what you're talking about. Because we are a sacred space. We're that temple. And again, I don't want to sound flippant today, but church, this means who cares where we meet? I mean, who cares? I mean, it can be a school, a workplace, a park, or even a church building. But that's not what gets me up in the morning. That's not what drives you. That's not what motivates you. That's not what we care about. You know what I care about? It's simply, is God's Spirit here? And are God's people here? Wherever here is, by the way. Is God and His Spirit here? Are God's people here? Are Jesus people here? Any Jesus people in the room today? Well, that's exciting. Because if Jesus' people are here, guess who else is here? He makes it very clear in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three gather in my name, say it with me, church, there am I with them. So that means Jesus is here. I mean, anyone's face just beginning to change as I'm talking? Like your heart just beginning to fill up with the love of God because Jesus is here. And if Jesus is in the room, guess what? Jesus changes everything. Changes everything. Don't you ever forget that. The enemy tries to convince you you're the same as you've always been. But remember who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in your life. He changes everything. When Jesus enters the room, you better buckle up. If you don't like change, then whatever you do, don't ask Jesus to be a part of your life. You know, as a church, I've been at LifeSpring, what, 12 years now, which is wild to think about. But we've been in existence as a church 20 years Five different locations. Six, if you add our time at Mission Woods Presbyterian Church and our office space there. But I'm just, you just got to hear this. In all those years, we have seen Jesus. He shows up and he shows off. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he shows up and he shows off again and again and again. Wherever we've met. And it has never been about a building. If you've been a part of One Hope for the last few years. I mean, just think of the stories of One Hope. Think of the testimonies. Just think what God has done over the last decade at One Hope. It was about who? It was about Jesus, the power of Jesus. Jesus working. Yes, working in spite of you, but hallelujah, even working through you. You saw Jesus working through you by the power of the Spirit. It's incredible. And as a church, by the way, I think when we think about what Jesus has done, it moves us. It moves us. Not just physically, I love to dance, we should be dancing, I and mean, we just let the response come out of you. You don't have to be a professional dancer. But it also gets you emotionally, doesn't it? Some of us are afraid to respond emotionally. I get that. I, I was Presbyterian for, what was that, 21 years. I mean, the frozen chosen, I get it. But there was an emotional response, right, when you think this is what Jesus has done. It was never about a building. One hope, just begin to write down some of those stories. This is what God did. And what was it about? It was about Jesus, but it was about some Jesus people. It was about a community. It was about a gathering. There's a lot of gatherings in our world. But it was a gathering in the name above all names. 
that by His power working through us, we could do more than we could ever think or imagine. All in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is what happened. We came into 2021. We're celebrating 20 years of the church. And the Lord just begins to put this on my heart, the council's heart, the leadership team's heart. That as great as those first 20 years were, and they were great, but the next 20 are going to be even greater. And when we sense that. And we didn't have to make that up. We just sensed it in the subtle sweetness of his voice that God was doing something really good in and through life spring. And then we felt like in this new season, the Lord was telling us that he was going to give us something, by the way, we have never asked for. That he was going to be giving us a property, a building that we could call our own. And that's fascinating to me. We've never been about... A building. Again, I've been here a long time. I've never given that sermon even. We weren't waiting for a building to, you know, finally do the work of the ministry. We weren't like twiddling our thumbs. Well, if only we had a building, then we'd really get to work. No way! LifeSpring runs a thousand miles per hour. This place is on fire. Jesus. It is. I mean, I just love it. We're not the biggest church in the world, but did you see announcements? And that was just some of the announcements. I said, we can't talk about this, this, or this because everyone will fall asleep because there's so many announcements. And they'll say, I'm never coming back because all they talk about is announcements. But look at what God is doing. That is who we are. That is how we roll. But it's in the midst of all that that God's just been kind of knocking on us saying, hey, I got a word for you. And we began to hear His voice, hear the Spirit say, I love you, Life Spring. I love you, and I'm going to resource you. I'm going to equip you. I'm going to give you a place of your own. It's just going to be one more tool in the toolbox. It's not going to be the tool, but just one tool in the toolbox so that you can continue in your effectiveness for the kingdom of God. He's been whispering, whispering with the same voice that created the heavens and the earth. He's been whispering, I've got a plan for you. But He's also saying, I've got a plan for this region. Because some religious people have given up on the Pacific Northwest. But God has not. I want to say that again. Some religious people have given up on the Pacific Northwest, specifically this Seattle region. I believe it in my heart of hearts. God has not. God is on the move. And it's His passion, His heartbeat for the Puget Sound, for the lost, for the broken, for the abandoned, for the addicted, for the outcast. For the outsider. He is running after them right now. He says, today is the day of salvation. Today I am in the business of saving, of rescuing and setting people free. And I'm going to do it through churches just like you. And so by God's grace, again, we believe He's resourcing us. He's giving us a building to accomplish all that He wants to do in and through us. And, and, and that's so exciting to me. You can tell I'm a little excited uh, I do get a little excited. I have this running thing in my head that says, calm down, calm down, calm down. But I think it's broken today. <laughs> but we, we, we brought it up at a membership meeting last year that we were going to set aside this fund. And we were going to call it the FWD 20 fund. Forward 20, right? For the next 20 years. And uh, that fund, we, we announced it last Sunday. We're up to 227000 for that fund. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, you guys have graciously given to that. One Hope has given to that. And, and by the way, we haven't ever called it a building campaign. We never called it a building campaign. We just said, hey, here's a fund. We're going to intentionally save. And so when our lease is up, by the way, the lease is up in three years. Three years. Uh, that's what we got left here. But we want to be ready. 
We want to be ready for whatever God has for us. I'm an old athlete. I love playing basketball and tennis. But you know what I mean? Like ready. Like just like you, you can try to attack, but I'm ready. Like you're not going to catch me off guard. I want to be ready. The church, I just, we, we felt it. Like do you remember the unity in that membership meeting? We're like, yeah, we're ready. And so when God opens the doors, guess who's going through those doors? We are going through those doors. We want to be ready. And the response has been so good. It's full of life, so much joy, so much energy. We got some cheerful givers in the house. Thank you so much for playing your part in all of that. I, my wife and I, we had to figure out what this looks like for us. We're like, okay, this above and beyond giving, monthly giving, not just for a year, but for the next, you know, three, four, five years. What does this look like? Uh, we're giving more than we've ever given before, but don't you know, I mean, you're going to say amen to this. Don't you know that even in that stepping out in faith that God has provided for every need? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Anybody else agree with the fact that you cannot outgive God? Like generosity is just who he is. Aren't you thankful? Like his character, his nature, he's a generous God. And then as a pastor... I'm so thankful that that spirit of generosity, again, not just like wishful positive thinking or like the spirit of the age, but the spirit of generosity that is my Father that is inside of you, and I see it in you, and I thank you for being so generous. Right? It's exciting. It's exciting, and and who knows where it goes. Again, this isn't our church. We're stewards of what God is doing. This is God's church. And as many of you know, we, we feel led to plant these five. We, we felt like the number five. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but that's what we sent. Five LifeSpring campuses into communities that currently don't have a Foursquare church. Because there's communities right now that would love to have a Foursquare church, but they can't even imagine how that could ever happen. But we thought, wow, wouldn't that be great if we could raise up leaders, raise up pastors like Pastor Jeremy, and send them out with a team to these communities. Again, smaller communities that don't have a Foursquare church. And we're thinking 20, 30, 40 people. And so we want to do that. We feel like that's what the Lord has placed on our heart to just really kind of carry, think of it this way, carry the burden as the main campus, carry the burden of a lot of those costs, that those launch costs that are just a huge wall that keep a lot of people from ever being able to plant, that we would carry that burden to get these missional communities, again, in communities that don't have a four-square church. So we want to do that. We also want to continue to raise up leaders here. We want to continue our internship program here. We want to send them all over the country. That's what we do. We don't hold on tightly to anybody. We'll send you. We'll send you through this country. We'll send you through the world. We also want to continue to plant churches in Ghana, West Africa. We love Ghana. We have people from Ghana and Kenya watching even now. We are thankful for them. But we want to continue to plant churches there, continue to raise up leaders over there. We believe that God is giving us a building that it's a part of a strategic plan that the Lord has for all of that to take place in even greater measure. And this is the phrase I want you to think about, that the building would be a launch pad to the world. It's a good way to think about it, isn't it? A launch pad to the world. Sometimes churches can get really inward focused. You know what I'm talking? You've never been a part of a church like that, of course. But or you can just get, you know, you start worrying about the carpet and the kind of coffee and, you know, those types of things. And, and you know, what are you doing for me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity, by the way? Um, but we really want this to be others-centered. So think of it again. It is a launch pad to the world. But then I'll close with this. I, I also just feel this so strongly that this building, wherever it is and however it is, it's going to be a lighthouse. It's going to be a lighthouse. It's so important. I, I don't have to convince any of you that it's feeling a little dark. And then you wake up and it feels a little darker. But don't you know his light shines brightest in the darkness? I, I'll, I'll go to my grave on that one. I believe in the light of Christ. Not just out there somewhere, but in us. In each one of us. And we believe that this building and the people 
making up this building will be a lighthouse for the lost. Also, a great way to think about it is a hub for the community. This building, and I love this building, I love our landlords, but we only have it two nights a week. We have it Sunday nights and Thursday nights. And you will see that we cram everything we can into those nights, Sunday night and Thursday night. But we really honestly believe that with this building, we're going to be having things going on every night of the week. Every, I mean, some of you are just like, man, that sounds exhausting. No, it's going to be good. I promise you. Every night of the week. But here's what we're going to see. We're going to see people coming into our facility. We don't even know their names. They're going to be coming in to get job training. They're going to be coming in to get resume building. They're going to come in to learn how to public speak. They're going to come in to learn how to balance a budget. They're going to learn how to get out of debt. They're going to be doing aerobic exercises if you're a senior citizen, or you're going to be hanging out if you're a teenager. I just believe that. It's going to be a thoroughfare of life. In fact, when I think of it as a hub for the community, two words always pop up in my mind. That it's going to be healthy and clean. Healthy and clean. I want you to hear this. Healthy and clean. Healthy and clean. Full of the Holy Spirit. Healthy and clean. Where the sick and the hurting will find healing and restoration. People are going to come in broken, but they will leave whole in Jesus. And when I talk about whole in Jesus, I'm not just saying you get your get out of hell free card. I'm talking about a complete salvation. A complete salvation in Jesus in every single way. We're talking about their mind. We're talking about their hearts, their body, their spirit. Completely whole. Completely saved in Jesus. We believe that's God's vision for us, Life Spring. This building, a hub for the community, a launch pad to the world. Amen. So a lot has been said already. And I won't keep you much longer, but I want to take a moment to go a little bit deeper into Scripture. See what it looks like for us to be a hub for the community and launch pad to the world. And I'll start by saying this. Our mission is still based on the great commandment and the great commission. Still based on those two things. The great commandment, Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 39, it says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The verse says heart, soul, mind. Mark chapter 12 verse 30 adds strength. And the use of the various terms is not meant to define human distinct faculties but to underscore the completeness of the kind of love that is called for. And verse 38, contrary to some contemporary interpretations, it is not a mandate for self-love. Rather, it contains, in different words, the very same idea as the golden rule. It should prompt believers to measure our love for others by what they, or we wish, for ourselves, the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, on the basis of his authority, Jesus' authority, the disciples were sent to make disciples of all nations. 
The sweeping scope of their commission is consummate with his unlimited authority. Being in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the kind of evangelism called for in this commission does not end with the conversion of the unbeliever. It doesn't end there. Verse 20 says, I am with you always. Meaning God is with us. He remains with us to the end of the age until he returns bodily to judge the world and establish his kingdom. And we are going to accomplish this, making disciples of all the nations with our time, talent, and treasure. With our time, talent, and treasure. We all have unique talents and abilities, and God has a purpose for you. Church, we will love people, and we will reach people. We will share salvation, and we will constantly look for ways that we can be outreach-oriented so that we do not become inward-focused as a church. That is a little bit challenging, isn't it? Because we all love to be comfortable, myself included. So all of this that I'm saying is also for me. I'm not speaking to you. I'm also speaking to myself. Yes, we'll care for each other's needs, and we have been doing that. But the community we live in needs to hear and experience the hope we have in Jesus. Amen? The community we're in, whether that's Federal Way, which is immediate to us, or Auburn, or Milton, or Edgewood, or Kent, or Fife, these communities are growing with all kinds of people, and not all of them are believers. Did you know that? Church, we have a great opportunity to seek the lost and disciple them. We also live in a very diverse area. There is so much diversity. I looked at the numbers this past week, and between these areas, the median culture and diversity breaks down this way. White, 43 to 49%. Black or African American, 12 to 16%. Asian, 16 to 20%. Hispanic or Latino, 16 to 19%. Other, 1 to 5%. And you're probably wondering what other is. That's American Indian, Alaskan Native, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, and other nations. Maybe some Belizean in there. I know we have three in the house this morning, actually. You know, my brother is actually here from Belize. He didn't know I was doing this. I wasn't planning on it. His name is Asher. Maybe that's Honduran. We have some Honduran here. Maybe that's some people from Kenya. Maybe that's some people from the Pacific Island. But that's also some people from the U.S. and our immediate community. As a church, we want to represent the diversity in our community and we will reach people and we will find ways to raise them up to be mature believers. Amen? We currently have some ministries that we're doing and some of those things are being redefined and reimagined in this moment. And I don't want you to be overwhelmed by all this, but I want you to be excited about the future, to be excited about what the Lord is inviting us into. Let me talk about life groups. Life groups are a major part of who we are as a church. See, Sunday morning like this is great. But I truly believe that community discipleship happens in the context of one-on-one relationships. 
And so as we continue to grow, and there's no ifs, buts, ands, or maybe about that, as we continue to do our part by sowing seeds and inviting people, the Lord is going to bring the increase. He is the one that brings the increase. So moving forward, as we look towards the future, we'll either buy property or a building. And again, this building is not the church. Honestly, we shouldn't be tied to any one building. We are the church, but this building is a tool for the kingdom of God. And he will draw people, and we want our church to be a life-giving and safe place for any and everyone within our community. Where was I? I got sidetracked there a bit. Life groups. Discipleship happens in the context of relationships, which will happen through our life groups and next level classes. We're made for community. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has power as it is working. See, when you confess your sins to God, your sins will be forgiven. But mutual honesty, openness, and sharing of needs with each other will enable believers to uphold each other in our faith journey. The energetic, passionate prayers of godly people have the power to accomplish much. You're not called to do this alone. So this is why Life groups, next level classes, global and local missions, outreach, midweek services, young adults, youth, Bible reading plan, men's group, women's group. There's so many things I can go into this morning. By the way, if you haven't joined Bible reading plan, I encourage you to join. I think we have like seven to nine people. Eighty-one PC. We got we added some more. You're missing out. You're missing out. Get signed up on the Bible reading plan. All of these things are going to be important to our future, and they are important to us even now. And so it is also for this reason why our church needs to be a safe place, as we need to be able to have those conversations and confessions with confidence. Our church needs to be a safe place, not only for us, but also for those who aren't a part of us yet. Friends, we need community. In community, God reveals things to us. And for some of us, it's where we'll find freedom in those moments of confession. Life change happens in the context of relationship. And these numerous opportunities we'll be offering will allow us to grow. We can't help each other if we only see each other on Sunday mornings. We can't. Our Sunday mornings should be an overflow of what the Lord has already been doing in us and through us. So whether that's at your life group, whether that's at next level class, whether that's at women's group, at men's group, whatever it may be, when we come on a Sunday morning, it should be an overflow. Yes, let's go. So therefore, my heart's desire as your pastor... Or I should probably say your co-pastor. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing. Is that 100% of our congregation will be involved in a group, in classes, 
some kind of outreach or one of these ministry areas. Yes, you heard me, 100%. I am telling you, get connected and involved. It's going to be great, and it's going to change your life. Sundays are important, and I want you to attend on Sundays, but that's just a scratch of the surface. And we don't believe that you're just here on Sunday mornings to be fed. We believe that the things we want to accomplish this year will only happen through the use of our time, talent, and treasure. And I haven't forgotten about those of you online. We're thinking about how we can include you guys as well, even as you're watching where you're at this morning. We're thinking about what that looks like. We're praying about what that looks like. I've always said this. The Lord is not limited by this distance in space. Where you are right now listening, whether that is Kenya, whether that is Ghana, whether that is Belize, whether that is stateside somewhere. His arm is not too short to reach you where you're at. So we're thinking through those things. And so I want to encourage you, let's utilize your time, talent, gifts, and abilities to serve the kingdom. I mean, what better place to use it? And when it comes to our giving, LifeSpring, you have been great stewards of what the Lord has entrusted to us. We appreciate your generosity and continued support. And we want to keep growing our revenue. This year, we'd like to see that grow by 20%. How can we do that? Well, I think there's probably maybe about 80 of us in here. And if each one of us invited one person, we would double immediately in numbers. And it's not all about money. But one of the things about discipling people and reaching people in our community is that as they come in, they also bring out their talents. They bring their time. They bring their treasure and their finances to finance what the Lord will be doing in this area and in this region. We want people who are generous. And it's not that those things aren't happening here. Please don't hear me say that isn't happening. They already are. But we can do more. We can do more. We can do more. And the vision, goals, the plan ahead... We can do more. And with God's blessing and leading, I believe that we can truly continue to do amazing things in our community. Amen? The final challenge is for those who may see themselves as fellow workers but need to press that another step forward. What do I mean by that? Perhaps... God is inviting you to see yourself as a fellow soldier. And that raises some significant questions. Questions such as, what does it mean for me to really live sacrificially for the Lord? Where is God calling me to surrender my life? What does it mean for me to step out in faith and trust that God will work through me if I let Him? Is the Holy Spirit nudging me towards some kind of deeper commitment to pursue a specific calling? Church, true community does not happen overnight. But when each person in the family begins to wrestle with their own place in the church and takes a step toward deeper relationships, slowly the community grows. People who would normally never hang out together, again, begin to love each other and even lay down their life for each other for one simple reason, 
Jesus laid down his life for us. This is something I've said that some of my deepest hurts has happened in the context of community. And that is not me enforcing that that's a good thing. If that has happened to you, I'm sorry. And there was a season where I walked away from that because the hurts were so deep. But I came back because where will I find hope? Where will I find life? Where will I find a community of believers, a community of people who's doing this more for others and the world around them than for themselves? And so as much as I've been hurt deeply in community, it's also where I've received some of my deepest healing. My deepest healing. It's one of the reasons I'm here today, honestly. It's one of the reasons I'm here today. And so it is my prayer then that our community would become a place filled with people who know each other as brothers and sisters, fellow workers, and fellow soldiers. To the world, we might look like one strange group. When the love of Jesus flows through us, They'll desperately want to join in this amazing journey of faith together. Amen? I don't say that lightly. That gets me excited. Let us reach this community for Christ. So as we're about to go into this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'd ask you, that starts tomorrow. and We have some booklets here that goes along with that. But I'd ask you, even now, right where you are, to consider and be open to what the Lord is speaking and wants to speak to you individually. Because we are a corporate body as a church, but individually, He's speaking things to you. Even now. What is He speaking to you regarding 2022? I don't know your plans. But you need to take some time prayerfully consider and ponder what the Lord is asking of you as we step into this new season together individually and corporately as life spring. Amen? Amen. Let's go. Let's do this. Amen? Let's go. Let's do this. Would you stand with us? Wow. Wow. Get into a posture of prayer. I sense for many of you just to use this time to consider your part. Isn't it true that the enemy tries to convince us that there isn't a spot for us or there isn't a place for us? And yet, I, I just believe the Spirit would want to remind you how valuable you are to him there was a great cost that was paid to set you free to give you life he cares about your life so just even as we're standing here consider what the Lord is putting on your heart laying on your heart I I felt as I was sitting there listening to Pastor Jesse I, I heard the Lord say this is a place for dreams Because sometimes as a church we get so fixated on like 
what does the hour on Sunday morning look like? And yet I felt like the Lord was giving you a dream that goes way beyond these four walls. And what I saw was the church, meaning the body of Christ, this collective group of believers, the temple of God. I saw the church kind of like just being wind behind you, that you stood up with vulnerability and shared the dream. And you just saw this collective body behind you, supporting you with the very wind of God. I just I saw that so clearly. And dreams, they feel fragile at times, don't they? they? They feel vulnerable. And we've had people just speak such negative things over our dreams, haven't we? We've been hurt even as we've stepped out with a dream. I, I know even in my own life, so many times I've said, well, then I'm just done. That hurt too much. What they said was too painful. And so you, you, you take that dream back and you hide it once again. You know, this is a new season. Don't let your past define this new season. I just believe the Lord, even in this moment as I'm talking, just would say, bring that dream out again into the light. Come on, you know that dream. It wasn't out of selfish ambition. It wasn't something you did to be famous or to get notoriety or find some platform or stage. No, that was a dream you know that was given to you in the middle of the night from the creator of heaven and earth. So even in humility, you can bring it out. It's not a prideful thing to bring out. It's just in humility, just... Allow the Lord to bring that back out into the light. And play your part. Lord God, we just say yes right now. Yes to the part that you're asking each of us to play. Yes. Here am I. Here am I. Send me, Lord. Whatever that looks like. Confident in you, Jesus. Confident in your work on the cross. 